the seventh and eighth verses of the first chapter of the gospel according to St. Mark, John the baptizer preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I am, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I bring you greetings from your bishop, from Bishop Todd Hunter. Um, it's, uh, it's very nice to be able to, to fill in for him and to bring you his, his greetings. Um, there are some occasional uses for the old archbishop. Um, <laughs> indeed, there are more than occasional uh, uses, and uh, I frequently say that it's um, Bishop Foley who has a plan for my life. Um, I try to fulfill it. Sometimes Bishop Todd has a plan too. Um, so I bring you those greetings. Uh, what I want to express is I begin my joy at being here um, in this very special place. Um, it's not only a special place for you, but uh, it's a special place for me and for the whole of the Anglican Church in North America. Um, among other things, it was here nine and a half years ago that our province, the Anglican Church in North America, was actually constituted when the last step of that constitution was my investiture of as your archbishop here at Christ Church. And it was from this pulpit um, on that evening uh, that I called for the planting of a thousand churches, uh, for the writing of a catechism, and for the revision of the prayer book. This year, in June, when we gather here, and the whole church will come again here to this part of the world and to this place, um, there'll actually be the prayer book that was called for presented. There'll be uh, the catechism out of which the, the teaching uh, will take place. So a, a very special place, Christ Church Plano. But more important than all that, um, this is a very special day. Um, uh, it, it, it's special uh, for what has just happened in baptism and what happened at the earlier service in baptism. And I want to um, help you to understand what it is that's happened here and what it is that's happened in your lives when you were baptism, and to do so uh, through the words of the exhortation. And if you look in uh, at page four of this morning's worship leaflet, you'll see the exhortation. It's actually derived from the earliest prayer books and again reappears in the 2019 prayer book. Um, what, what it begins with is to say that our Lord Jesus Christ said that unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Um, special indeed the entrance into the kingdom of God. What this exhortation also says just at the end, 
Um, in a call to prayer, I urge you to call upon God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ that of his abundant mercy, he will grant to these candidates what by nature they cannot have. So what happened here this morning was to give to the baptismal candidates something which by their nature they could not have. This, This is a special day indeed. And what I want us to recall, and the exhortation states it plainly, is the, in fact, four things that they could not have, that we could not have, that no one can have apart from the waters of baptism. The first thing the exhortation says in quoting our Lord is that they could not have an entrance into the kingdom of heaven. They, they cannot have the kind of personal relationship that's opened up by our Lord Jesus Christ and allows us to speak of his Father as our Father. Without the waters of baptism, they cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now you might think this is a pretty radical, pretty extreme claim, but since it's our Lord himself who makes the claim, I think, friends, we'd all just be wise to accept it. This is the only way in. That's the first gift. The first gift is his entrance into the kingdom, into this relationship with our heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing that the exhortation tells us um, is that through baptism, um, baptized by water, we, they may be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the second thing that they cannot have by nature, that we cannot have by nature, but that is given in baptism is an infilling of the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, uh, in, in today's gospel, Uh, The way in which John the Baptist refers to this um, is the one who comes to baptize with fire. You know, fire changes everything, changes the nature of everything. In the Gospels, according to Matthew and Luke, um, when our Lord is quoted here, not only does it say um, that he'll come to baptize with the Holy Spirit or come to to baptize with fire, but the Holy Spirit and power. You cannot have the power of God except you be baptized with water in the name of that triune God. So the second of the gifts is this infilling of the Holy Spirit, which you just can't have on your own. The third of the things that the exhortation speaks to is about the new birth, Um, that having, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and the words are born again. This is a a Greek phrase that is translated in any number of ways in English, whether it's born again, born anew, born from above, or as the prayer book tradition uh, generally uses the word regenerate, made over, generated again. 
The third of the gifts is this new birth, a new identity. And this comes through the waters of baptism. Now these are extraordinary claims, but they are the claims we make. And the fourth of the things that none of us can have by our nature, by our birth um, into this world, is membership in the body. Again, the exhortation in a very few sentences says all of these things. Membership in the body, which the New Testament talks about over and over again as adoption. We've been adopted into a completely new family with a completely new inheritance. The way in which Luther described this transition was to speak about the peasant girl with whom a prince falls in love. And from the moment of the marriage, she's no longer a peasant, she's a princess, having done nothing at all. From the moment of our baptism, we've been adopted, become sons and daughters of the Father, children of God. It is something we cannot have by any means other than the grace of Jesus Christ received in the waters of baptism. Now, these things uh, that are given, these things that have been given this morning, things that have been given to each of us, um, they're life-changing gifts, aren't they? I mean, you know, just as we gather here this morning, thinking about what God's done for us. He's brought us into his kingdom, into this new relationship. Um, he's given us uh, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's uh, given us new birth, a new identity, like being born all over again. And he's given us membership in his body, in his family. These are life-changing gifts. And friends, they're gifts that can't be undone. The sign of the old covenant was circumcision given on the eighth day. Again, like baptism so often, before the child has any part or agreement in it. God's work only and an indelible mark of this family of God. Baptism can't be undone. However, it's possible not to live into it. And that's the challenge for us. That's the challenge for those who sponsor others at baptism. That's the challenge for the parents and for the godparents. That's the challenge that they will so create an environment for the child that that child will grow up to embrace the faith. And brothers and sisters, we've all promised to do everything in our power to help this morning's candidates grow into this. A godly and awesome responsibility the gift
can go unused. And it's tragic when it does. It's tragic when one who's been brought into the family um, strays from the family or never really knows the family nature or the family treasure. Our task is to help these children grow. For adults who are baptized, and we had one adult baptized at the earlier service, uh, the gifts that are given are there immediately for use. Brothers and sisters, in the midst of the things we face, the hard things we face, we can always call on this fire of God, this relationship to God, on our brothers and sisters in the family to help us through, and it's like no other set of gifts. And we give Almighty God thanks for what he's done. As we worship together this morning, um, and not to go on beyond the point of your endurance, though the epistle does speak this morning about your enduring, um, I want to read to you from that same chapter um, uh, th that we heard a passage of this morning. It's actually the the, the passage that's appointed for this Sunday in the normal Sunday lectionary, and it is a call to endurance. Um, it's in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, uh, but a little bit before it, um, there are these words which the author of the letter writes to the church. And I want you to listen to them, and I want them to be not only his exhortation, but my exhortation as you attempt to use the gifts you've been given. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Did you know that? And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the last day drawing near. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.